We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Talking the uh, data scientist for Pro Football Focus, uh, going over the numbers, Eric Eager now joining us. You can find him on Twitter, at PFF underscore Eric, at PFF underscore Eric. And... Uh, Eric, first and foremost, uh, you know we always look for something and, and, and numbers of some type when it talks about the either the the uh, probability of a win for the Green Bay Packers or what could possibly be the Achilles heel of the Green Bay Packers. So when you look at the data scientist, so to speak, title, what specifically are you guys looking at when you start to talk about how good the quality of a team you're you're kind of observing is? Uh, yeah, you look at things that are stable you know, year to year, week to week, um, and, you know, things that carry over, and then you kind of fade the the narratives, right? The narratives that, you know, for example, in Green Bay, right? Like, the thing that I think is pretty stable is the fact that Aaron Rodgers is leading the league in avoiding negatively graded plays by us. He's leading the league in avoiding turnover-worthy plays by us. Those things tend to stick, especially during the course of a season. Um, the things that I would fade, and, and this is good news for Packers fans, is all of the, the question marks about their defense. You know, like the defense is one of those things where it, it's very much tied to game script. It's very much tied to uh, how, how good the opposing offense you, you're facing is. Um, and I think the Packers have, you know, they struggled a little bit defensively this year. And I think a lot of people will say that's their Achilles heel. If you bet on them last week, obviously you, you didn't like the end result there with the seven point win instead of the 10 point win. Um, but I think week to week, uh, and we saw this this year with Kansas City, if your defense isn't a complete disaster um, and your quarterback plays at the top of the game, it, it tends to matter a lot less than what people think. Uh, I want to go back to the defense. And uh, for as much – and you're right. I mean, when you when you break it down, statistically it's right there. It's cognitive data sitting in front of you. To the eyeball test, it's a lot of what it is we're seeing consistently. The one thing that I went back and I started looking specifically at the losses of the Green Bay Packers, it was turnovers. I mean, as much as you want to point to the, the finger to the defense and say, okay, they couldn't get a stop here, they didn't get off the field on third down there, um, you, you turn the ball over, and one of them being a pick six against Tampa Bay, you turn the ball over four times against uh, Indianapolis, and on your final drive when you're trying to tie the ball game up and or take the lead against Minnesota, you turn the ball over there as well. Turnovers, the probability of turnovers, when you get one or more turnovers uh, against you in a game, what is the probability of you actually winning that game? Uh, it's pretty low. I mean, uh, we had a game this week that was pretty interesting with uh, Kansas City turned the ball over four times on the road, um, and we've only seen one time um, in the last decade where a team turned the ball over on the road against a playoff team and won. You know, so turnovers. Right. The, the hard part about turnovers, though, is they're very hard to predict, right? And 
Um, that's why we like to talk about what are called turnover worthy plays because, you know, turnover worthy plays are plays that are dropped by the defender or they're, um, you know, uh, things like that. And, and, you know, when Rodgers will throw a ball and it goes between, you know, through a receiver's hands and is intercepted, we're not going to call that a turnover worthy play because drops are, ten, you know, generally speaking, pretty much noisy and, and, and the like. So you, the hard part about turnovers is post hoc, they explain so much of what happens in the NFL. The problem is it's really hard to predict them um, with any sort of certainty. But the one thing that you can do, and the thing that Rodgers does better, I think, than any quarterback in the NFL right now, is limit negative limit plays that can possibly result in turnovers. Only 1.5% of his dropbacks, and, and this includes sack fumbles and all that kind of stuff, are plays that have a chance to be a turnover because of him. And, and that's, uh, you, know, you know, Patrick Mahomes right now is at 2.5, which is still really good. But obviously, one one time more for every hundred dropbacks. Um, Deshaun Watson two point one, uh, Russell Wilson two point seven. So Rodgers is sort of on a different playing field here. And as you said, you know, games can turn so much on those types of plays that that's you know it, to be able to limit those, especially um, you know in the playoffs where the goal isn't to win a game, the goal is to win three or four games in a row. Uh, that's really the way to do it. Is there, defensively speaking, we look at this team and say, okay, they don't stop the run real well. Or on third and long situations, they've given up far too many. Is there, is there a particular nuance, a, 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 you know, a situation like that, that has been consistently caught, or at least at a higher level, consistently costing the Packers from being a, a, a better graded team, so to speak? Yeah, it's tricky, right? Because, like, this happens every single year. But if you just look at simple, like, yards per attempt given up, these are the, the, the eight worst, or seven worst teams in the NFL. Dallas, Houston, Kansas City's a playoff team. The Raiders are possibly a playoff team. The Dolphins are possibly a playoff team. The Bills are the second-best team in the AFC. And then at seventh, the seventh-worst team in the NFL in yards per carry allowed are the Green Bay Packers, who are probably going to be the one seed uh, in the NFC. Um the, the thing that's interesting, and it's, it's a little bit of game theory, and I think some coaches you know, might not be trying this on purpose, but if you're bad against the run, it actually entices teams to run on you more, which it, in the long term is actually, as, as I just displayed here, sometimes a winning strategy, right? And, and you know, Green Bay does have a good secondary. I wouldn't say it's a great secondary, but what you want people to do is you want them running the ball for 4.6 yards per carry on you instead of throwing the ball at 6.5 yards per pass attempt against you, uh, which is what Green Bay roughly is giving up. Um, and so that's why I don't think it's that big of a deal that they're that weak against the run. What I'm looking at here is, okay, can I, can I find some nuggets in the, rest of the, in the rest of the team? And obviously the big one is Jair Alexander and how well he's played in the back end. And possibly, you know, with, with the Smith brothers as, all, as well as Rashawn Gary, and, you know, Kenny Clark being hurt in the early part of the year, they weren't getting pressure necessarily that they had been getting uh, previously. If they can actually generate a pass rush similar to last year, this defense could be good enough for them to win a Super Bowl, and I think comfortably. Tell me who right now in the NFC is probably the best overall team. Well, I mean, by our power rankings, it's really hard to untangle these things because we haven't seen them play with their, their lead quarterback in a month. Um, but I think New Orleans is probably the best team uh, in the NFC and then followed, I think, closely um, by Green, Green Bay and L.A. I think the, the Rams are, are two teams that are similar. Um, obviously, L.A. is a more well-rounded team than Green Bay, but their quarterback isn't nearly as good. Um, New Orleans is one of those where you look at their defense, um, and they're, they're one of those where 
they kind of buck the trend of what I just said, which is that defense varies week to week because of things like injuries and things like COVID and all that stuff. New Orleans has a backup secondary that's about as good as their, their first secondary, which is already good. They rushed the passer really well with uh, you know the, the guy that you know, they traded with the Packers to get, which is Marcus Davenport. He's had a good season. Cameron Jordan, uh, you know uh, David Animata, they're all they're all very good. And then that offense. Um, a little slow to go early in the season, but before Breeze got hurt, they were really picking it up with guys like Thomas and Sanders and Jared Cook and obviously Alvin Kamara being a really good running back. But, you know, if you're a Green Bay Packers fan, you've already seen them go into New Orleans and win. I, I don't think that there's really a, uh, you know, I, I think I think Green Bay has as good of a case as anybody to be the top team in the NFC with, of course, the uncertainty surrounding how Breeze comes back from the rib injury. Uh, and then uh, before I before I let you go uh, over to the AFC, I do want to at least examine that a little bit because whomever, if the Packers make it that far, they could be play, playing either Pittsburgh, who's lost now two in a row, Kansas City, who has shown at times fallibility, even though they've been able to kind of pull out the wins. Who right now do you think uh, is maybe the top two, three, four teams in the AFC that have a really good shot at representing? Yeah, I, I think Buffalo is one of those where the, the, the range of outcomes is about as wide as anything. I think when Allen plays well, he has the ups of a Rodgers or Mahomes, but obviously his downs are so much lower than those two guys, right? So they could lose in the first round, or he could string three or four games together and really be a contender. Um, they're, they have a defense who's similar to Green Bay in that they struggle against the run, but they, you know, they've gotten better over the past few weeks. Um, the other one that I think is sneaky and, you know, a lot of this is that early in the season, their games turned on turnovers and noise and, and injuries and COVID. I think the Baltimore Ravens are a team um, that, you know, if they get in, are a scary team for the rest of the AFC. Lamar Jackson looks spry for the first time since he injured his knee early in the year this year uh, on that Monday night game. If they if they can find a receiver to step up and play consistent football, they're, they're going to be scary, especially given uh, how smart they are, you know, at head coach and, and obviously offensive and defensive coordinator. Appreciate it always. Uh, thanks for the time, and thanks for kind of breaking it down because I, I think it's going to be an interesting race for the last three weeks of the season, and then once we get into the postseason, Eric, and we'll talk to you a little bit more down the road, okay? Yeah, it's been a fun season. Uh, uh, continue to enjoy it, guys. Uh, stay safe and have a good one. Cross our fingers we get through it. Eric e, uh, Eager, data scientist for Pro Football Focus, kind of breaking down some of the numbers there. You know what I mean? And uh, some good stuff from him. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years, 85-plus years, they've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.